Hey! Howdy ho! We're at the end of 2020, so it's time for our best of list. <laughs> My favourite thing. We should list. have done a worst of for 2020, just to like, just to, oh, just just to feel the vibes of the year, the whole thing. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> well, do you know, compared to previous years, because often it's a hard, I find it hard to pick. Yeah. But I just feel like my cultural consumption has been so down that I felt it's, like I didn't have a lot to pick from. I feel like my con- cultural, con- con- my ability to just enunciate <laughs> words is really down the toilet. <laughs> I can't, I can't even remember my children's names. I'm not even joking about that. <laughs> I can't, my, I mean, I have three children, right? Yep. You'd think that even if I choose a name at random, I've got a reasonable chance of getting it right. Yep. But I just constantly call them by the wrong name. And then sometimes I'll call them like by my friends' names. It's just my brain has just absolutely gone to pot. But one thing that I noticed when I was like hurriedly um, putting my list together, you of course did yours about a week ago because you're a smug <laughs> bunt, um, is that I just hardly watched any films this year. Yeah, I I was a bit limited. Well, why don't we start with films actually because okay, I was a bit limited on that front. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> sorry for everyone in advance for this. I'm about, oh, my God, we've said Hamilton? the same thing. Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. It's the film that I've watched the most times and got the most out of. And, same. Yeah. And um, the only other film, I mean, I have seen a couple of films, but the only other film I felt was worthy of noting down was The Gentleman. Did you ever oh, watch that? Oh, man, like I'm going to watch that over the holidays. I, think, I, because look, I, loved I know it. you loved it yeah. and I meant to go see it at the movies, but then the movies closed down and then I haven't seen it, which I really, it sounds like I'd like it. Yeah, I think you would. It's, I found it clever. I'm sure there'll probably be some people who won't, won't love it. I mean, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, but it's, um, I mean, I'm a massive Hugh Grant fan, as you know, and I found him hilarious and yeah. fantastic in it. And I just thought it was clever and it was a bit of a romp. Yeah. Um, and I just left it. And my f- three friends that I went with, we all were like, well, that was bloody great. Well, I feel like that was 20 2020, well don't apologise for anything. Yeah, like, exactly. You, know, you are enough. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, fiction. Oh, I just got a bit of a pang of sadness because you know when we normally do this? The Canberra Live Show. I know, yeah. Oh, I haven't That's had no. No, we had one live show this year. We had Newcastle. Which was great yeah. and good fun. And Canberra, then though, just in case anyone's so wondering, good. we don't have anything planned yet for 2021 yeah. live-wise. I think there's a few tentative dates. but Yeah, um, but not in the first half of the yeah. year. So if you're waiting for us. We'll, we'll come eventually. Yeah. It's just, it's just we just want to be careful and, you know. Yeah. So it's hard to know. And, and there's a lot of once you put the wheels in motion, um, it's the wheels are in motion. And I just feel bad for... Oh, man, all the arts people this year, just so terrible, hasn't it been? All the theatres sitting there, all the venues, all the musicians, all the actors, everyone just... It's just like the light's going out, isn't it? Okay, no, we're going to make this cheery, all right? Okay, okay, fiction, fiction. Yeah, What's your best fiction? Well, I've read quite a bit of fiction this year. Um, You know, I think I started it out. Did I start out by reading the Hillary Clinton... Oh, yeah, you Rodham. did bang on about that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I loved that book. Yeah. And even though I thought, mm, I'm not sure about the premise of this book. Mm-hmm. But look, if I scan through all the novels that I read, um, you know, I loved um, Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. Oh, I that's on that my was, Christmas holidays. Yeah, I just thought yep. that was such a good book. Yeah. But there's really, I mean, for a novel to really just make my list it's got to be something that takes me by surprise that okay. um, I kind of get a little chill within the first few pages. And I think for me this year that book is Jessie Two's debut novel. Oh, a how Lonely interesting. A Lonely Girl is a Dangerous Thing. Right. I just, it's like 
it's original, it's inventive, it's shocking, it's kind of gripping, it's uncomfortable. Particularly for a first-time novelist, I just thought it was an incredible achievement. So that's my that's my fiction book of the year. Interesting. Mm. Um, I went for um, probably what I would call more accomplished novels than that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which that sounds a bit rude. I don't mean that as rude as what it sounded. Um, I went for A Room Made of Leaves by Kate Grimble. Oh, right. Yes, that's on my Christmas list. I haven't read that um, Still it, haven't It read was that. excellent. It didn't. Like Jesse Two's novel really held my interest, and I was ripping through that really fast. Yeah. It's it wasn't that kind of like it didn't have the propulsion of that, right. but it was just so beautifully observed and written, and it just unfolded really beautifully. Like you know, like when I say an accomplished novel, like just with all of the experience that a um, writer like Kate Grenville brings yeah. to her work. That was the book about Elizabeth MacArthur. Yep. So it's historical but sort of an yeah. imagined life of Elizabeth MacArthur. Which Elizabeth Kate Grenville does so It was really well. a superb piece of work. And I'm not a great lover of historical fiction, um, but it was really great. The other book that I really liked was The Living Sea of Waking Dreams, Richard oh, Flanagan's right. Lesbian. Yeah, you were. It's mm. a masterpiece. A master- it's a masterpiece, again, says Lisa. An accomplished writer who has a lot of experience, who really, you know, knows what they're doing. And I found it uh, just really affecting. And uh, I, I just. I mean, you know, just that's interesting. Nonsense Isn't that interesting? I'm just going. To, I'm now just going to draw some um, pop psychology conclusions from um, what you've chosen. I reckon you've kind of done a retreat to absolute mastery. You know, like the security of yeah, reading maybe. a writer who is at the top of their game, and you. I don't know, there's like a safety in it. Yeah. Not that I'm calling you no, safe. No, I think that's – no, but, but I think you're probably absolutely right. That, and I think that's yeah. one of the reasons I'm holding on to that new Ghana for the um, holidays because I just think, oh, my God. That's such a good point that you know you're The bliss of being in hands. the hands of a true master. Yeah, that's a really good point that you know that you're in um, a completely safe pair of hands. Whereas the Jesse too, I reckon, one of the thrills of it – and maybe, I don't know, maybe if I'd let like it – safe read. Maybe if I'd read it later in the year, I wouldn't have been ready for it. I don't know because it's a dis- Stabilizing read. It like is because she, she yeah. knocks around all of these. It's you know incredibly um, it might inventive. Also, it might also be. I lent it to a friend, and he was saying he found the loneliness in it really palpably. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really. Palpable. Yeah. It could be a bit triggering. I guess. It? Yeah. Maybe for this year as well for people might be a bit bit um, hard going. But I don't know. I, I just it was a very gripping, compelling read. Yeah. Um, nonfiction. I'm going to go as my top pick with a book that was right back. In fact, I talked about it in the Newcastle Live Show right back at the start of the Ooh, year, okay. which was Dear Mr. You by Mary oh, Louise Parker. Oh, wow. Did yeah, you okay. reading I that? did. Yeah, it was oh, great. Yeah, okay, no, yeah. I loved it. Um, yeah, that was just absolutely wonderful. Like it, that was the book that was the collection of letters that she was writing yep. to people Um Men in her life, and they weren't even always significant men. Though it could be a cab driver yeah, or yeah. just anybody. The, the cab driver one is the one that absolutely sits in my memory. Yeah. yeah, but there were a lot of. There was one that was to a rock star who was on the cover of an album she used to listen to <laughs> when she was a kid, and it was just her writing style is um, 
wonderful. Like I thought she was a great writer and it was just, it felt that book really fresh and original. And because, yeah. you know, when you say on paper, like oh, I was a collection of letters to significant men in her life, that sounds pretty boring, right? Yeah. It doesn't sound like it, you're reinventing the wheel there, but actually the execution of it was fantastic. Um, also the way it writes around the absence of the commentary of things in her own life, you know, like there's obviously anybody who loves a bit of a gossip mag in a hairdresser knows that she had some sort of like horrendous marriage breakdown where her husband ran off with somebody, didn't they? Um, I think, I can't remember if it was her husband or boyfriend, but she was eight months pregnant right. at the time. Yeah. And so, but the book is kind of, it's weird. It's kind of like arranged around that event in a way. You know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of, she doesn't really write much about it, but it's the shape of the absence of that event that also provides a structure to the book. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe agree. I'm just bullshitting. No, I anyway. think that's right. I think it's right. Um, I actually I also, yeah. oh, sorry, just one other book, yeah. um, nonfiction. I really enjoyed More Than a Woman by Caitlin Moran. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. just a ton of insight. Yeah. It was funny, made me laugh, made me cry. My only complaint was I felt like the final third read like it was written under deadline pressure that she left at the last minute. It wasn't as accomplished as the rest of it. Who the book. among us has <laughs> not written in such a way? Um, well, I kind of. I read so much nonfiction that I thought, well, there must be hundreds of things. But actually, I think really enough I've been reading more fiction this year and I don't know whether that's a sort of an escapology dream or something. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. To be honest, the, the book that I most often have talked about and that I found really revelatory and instructive, particularly during the US election, um, is a book by Brian Stelter called Hoax. Oh, yeah. Which is a, it's a book this, about yeah. Fox News yep. and the relationship between Fox News and Trump. And just it's a really great, it's a completely gripping, fascinating read because it kind of gives you the scenes of what actually happens at Fox. He's got good contacts there. It really upended a few of the assumptions that I had made about how Fox and Trump kind of are codependent. Yep. They're codependent in a different way from the way I thought. I assumed that these sort of Fox talking heads were kind of taking their cue from Trump and magnifying and um, elevating stuff that he said, but it actually works the other way around. Trump starts watching Fox and Friends at five o'clock in the morning and often as Stelter tracks will recycle at his later press conferences garbage that has been sort of phoned right. into or emailed into Fox and Friends. So that was a shock. Also just the fact that Fox News is so massively profitable that nobody can actually change the format because the audience is so engaged that now they can't even change directions if they wanted to because they've got this massively motivated audience and you know, yeah, hosts right. that are being, you know, Sean Hannity being paid you know, $30 million a year or whatever. Amazing. Anyway, right. full of insight. I found it really fascinating and gripping and um, I always seek out Brian Stelter's writing because I think he's, um, his analysis is really good. Well, funny, do you, so before I move on, do you mm. have another fiction? Huh? Uh, sorry, do you have another non-fiction or that was your one non-fiction? Well, that's the one that I chose. Great, because yeah. that's a perfect um, segue for me because... Brian Stelter also wrote a book called Top of the Morning, which yeah, I remember which, you really oh, liked, which I love was about that. breakfast mm. news in the yeah. US, which was part of the um, inspiration for the TV show Morning Wars. Oh, yeah, which I loved. I loved yeah. too. That's on my honourable mention of um, TV shows this year, but not oh, the okay. top, but I did really like it. I'm looking forward to another season of it. That's the one with Jennifer Aniston and Steve mm. Carell who are mm -hmm. on the morning TV show and there's a bit of um, oh, yeah. a Matt Lauer kind of situation. With I the, just ate that up like 
Same. It was great. I think I said at the time too, one of the most authentic television shows I've seen about the production of TV and what what actually goes on. Um, Also on my honourable mentions list for TV is a thing I watched only recently called Love, um, which is a little... It's exactly the kind of show that I really like, which is a very small show, which is a small premise, which is just a guy and a girl in their 30s meet and they start having a relationship and it just sort of follows how it goes and there's a sort of small cast of friends around them. It's just there's if you had to say what happens, like there's never great plot lines and not a lot happens. It's all in the character study and in the dialogue, but it's... um. It was just great. I just ate it up and loved it. But nonetheless, my two favourite things for TV this year, of course. In the year of TV, this is actually the gold Logie, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, I reckon TV is the format winner of the of 2020. 100%. People have just been, totally. you know, either you comfort passing, viewing old things yeah, or, yeah. Massively. Even like 730s ratings were just so massively up this year yeah. because people want information and, you know. Um, my two favourites were... I really, as you know, loved The Last Dance, Netflix Jocko about Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I just... And it's made you into a basketball expert, which was. is so pleasurable for I, everybody else. I loved it. But I also, I mean, the la- the latest season of The Bureau. Oh, All right. That okay. was just okay. beyond. I'm going to find an opportunity to binge watch that over Christmas. Oh, please yeah. do. Yeah. Because okay. it's just... Everyone that I've recommended it to who's watched it has just become unscratchably addicted to it and it's, it's Okay. Just... Does this mean we're going to have one of those annoying things where we do about eight podcasts where that's all we talk about and people get really cheesed off? It would probably – what would probably happen is when there's another season of The Bureau, which apparently is mid-2021, we would have to do a separate episode just about The Bureau. It'll be like when we did The Americans or Hamilton where we have to go, you know what, we just cannot annoy people by <laughs> talking about this. We need to go to a separate episode that people can skip because The Bureau, you become just – Oh, the characters, like the Americans, like the Sopranos, like any of those great shows, they feel real to you and you think, I wonder what Military is doing right now. While we're doing this, what's he doing? <laughs> you it's are crazy. an idiot. It's crazy. So, okay, so so these are, so that's your choice? Yep. The Bureau, oh, the Bureau. The Bureau and The Last Dance. Oh, okay. So um, The Last Dance was definitely on my kind of honourable mentions list because yep. I just... The way that it was structured oh, was, it was super so original, good. made me super interested in something in which I generally have no interest. Great, so, I mean, yeah, and that's um, a real test. Um, totally. I loved the great. I really, oh, really I watched that yet. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's um, funny, dark, shocking, brilliant acting, incredible um, sets. It's just like, yeah, um, really loved that a lot. I liked Cheer a lot. Oh yeah, okay. Hang on, what did I? But I've got I've got two winners actually. Yes. I, I decided to give myself um, international and Australian. Oh, okay, good. Which is just yes. I know such a, a cop cheeky, out. It's right. super cheeky, but yeah. then I think if people are listening to this as a way of like finding good things to watch, then they get two instead of 100%. one, right? Okay. Yeah. So um, internationally, yeah. my favourite television series was Succession. Oh, yeah, that was this year. Wasn't yeah, it was it? this oh. year. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Right? That, oh. was, that was fantastic. Is there another season of that coming? Yeah, there is. I can't, I'm like scratching down the walls. I cannot wait yeah, for that. Yeah, I endorse that choice. And I, think, um, and I think, too, it, it's got this sort of unearthly tie-in with global events as well. Oh, like yeah. because And the same with that um, hoax book, you know. Yeah. Because there's clearly some sort of you know, 
Murdoch Mageddon on its way. <laughs> like yeah. There's something really like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, oh, yeah, good pick. Yeah. yeah, I think. And also Sarah Snook, who um, is yeah, just the jewel in the crown of, of succession. God, I love that woman. She's an incredible actor. And so I've often went. So it's her name pronounced Snook, not Snook. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm pronouncing it like the fish. Do you know there's a fish called a snook? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, we used to catch snook. snook. They got like the super long and a bit eel-like. Okay. Maybe yeah. that is it. I just oh, maybe say it's snook, snook as in book, but I don't actually know. Oh, I better God. check in case she's ever Wonder on the show. Wonder if she's a listener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're a listener, Sarah. Sarah. Snook slash snook. Snook. <laughs> cool. Which, I mean, which is worse do you think? I mean, I'm a crab so I can say, you know, snook, snook. Sarah fish, Snook. snook. Sarah Snook. They're both sort of cute names that flow off the tongue. I yeah, think they're okay. both all right. No. Anyway, well done, Sarah. Uh, you smashed that. It was good. <laughs> favourite podcast? Um, no, no, famous, favourite Australian TV. Oh, yeah, Australian TV, sorry. Only been on TV recently. God, I've been loving it. It's even still on. Reputation Rehab. Oh, yeah, I know you loved that. I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, it's yeah. so – it's clever. It's sneaky. It kind of does this – it's – it does this weird, challenging teaching thing and is super funny. I really, really have been loving it and it's not finished yet. So this is um, Zoe Norton Lodge and Kirsten Drysdale um, who basically are looking at people who have been cancelled, shamed, disgraced and um, looking at how reputations get trashed. And it's just some of the approaches that they take to some of the people. I mean, I mean shortly it's a pretty tough gig to ring up someone and say, hey, do you want to come on my show about people who have had like who have who are beyond redemption and have been shamed so badly that they shouldn't even be able to look at themselves in the mirror? Yeah. Huh? And the first episode with Nick Kyrgios. Oh, um, yeah, I really want to watch. go back and watch that. Oh, yeah. you just, by the end of it, you really like Nick Kyrgios and more importantly, you really like his mum. But like, it's just, it's, the clever thing is that it deliberately creates a space for people to talk with humour about the things that have happened to them. And it's right. really hard to find that, right? Particularly yes. if you're a TV star of any kind because any interview that you're going to be subjected to is going to be like, oh, you know, um, how, do you, how, how do you live with the shame, you know? But this is actually because it's so interesting, it's so um, cleverly structured, it really allows these people to find the humour in what happened to them. Right. Um, I just watched the other day um, the episode with a woman called Abby Chatfield yeah. who was on The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. Right. The Bachelorette, which is which is the one that has the more women. Oh, um, The Bachelor, right. The Bachelor, yeah. And she was the girl who, um, so the, the Bachelor that year, it must have been last year, I don't know, I'm not a watcher, um, who was a astrophysicist. Right. And she says... He says, I'm an astrophysicist when he meets her. And she's got like these blonde curls and it's beautiful, wearing a strapless dress. And she goes, oh, amazing. I'm an Aries <laughs> or a Libra or whatever. And then everyone goes, and because, oh, my God, what an airhead, she thinks that he's an astrologist. Right. Which is actually not how it was shot at all. They've cut it together to make her look like an absolute prong, Oh, no. Right? Oh. And so their interview with her is about the experience of how, you know. What happens being, when you're made to look like when a total prong. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. And it's so funny. She is super smart, like, oh. which is not something I would have gauged from the ads at all. So. Right. I love that episode because it also made me care about something that I didn't care about. Um, That's and it, fascinating. Yeah, it's um, it's such a good little show. I think it um, it was it was up against like seriously two state of origins and then the U.S. election. Like it's oh. you know, 
It's just, but go and find it on iView because it's so funny and clever. And just such a rich area to be, to look at. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. So, you yeah, know, every, I love shame and Every promo I've seen of it, I've thought that looks fantastic. What a great idea. It looks like the execution of it's really good. Great talent. It's like, on yeah, iView. It's, it's on my. Eat it up. It's really, well, really good. On my list, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, Favourite podcast, I mean, this won't come as any surprise to anybody, of course, Strong Songs, but if I'm going to nominate an episode, I mean, as you know, I love that guy, but um, the Tightrope episode was just, I mean, I love the song Tightrope by Janelle Monae, Um, but Kirk's just... Every time I hear him break a song down, I'm just so impressed by his ability as a teacher to explain things. And this was just almost next level, the stuff that he was plucking out and and explaining and identifying and the lines that he was helping you to hear. And I just just love him. This is the great thing about podcasts, isn't it? Like is that you can add to the sum of human knowledge in such an elegant way. Yeah, totally. And the thing with him too is that I think – so he takes songs and – helps me hear things that I haven't heard. But then he's also influenced my listening enormously outside of that because I think he's just made me a better, more active listener and more huh. curious when I listen to songs about, yeah. okay, why why do I like, you know, this particular 15 seconds or what is it about this? What's the sound in this that, that is appealing to me and how's that fitting together? And so he's really heavily influenced my listening. I should actually also take this moment while I'm talking about this to apologise for how much I've talked about music this year on the podcast because I know some people do find it boring and I know I have a bit of a tendency to go um, probably too deep for people that aren't that interested in it but um, the reason is because I have gotten a lot of comfort out of music this year in the pandemic yeah because it's ordered um, mm-hmm. and so and it doesn't it's sort of more passive than like reading a book or whatever so yep. I have done a lot more playing of music and listening to music this year than I have probably in any other year you know in memory probably in the past 25 years actually. Um, and so I have found it really comforting and so that's why I'm talking about it because I've just been consuming it more. Why would I say I don't find, I mean, much as I rag you about this, I don't find you talking about music boring at all. It's something that I, you know, unpacking the structure of it is just completely, it's kind of like a dimension that I probably don't ever examine myself very regularly. I, yeah, I don't think many of us do because you just hear a song and you like yeah. it. You don't tend to pull apart necessarily, say, when you're watching TV or, I mean, you and I do it a bit with TV because we work in TV. So when we see right. something that works, we're thinking, well, can I adapt that into yeah. anything I do, that structure or that style or that graphic's interesting? wonder if we could use a variation of that, blah, blah, blah. So we're watching, I think, TV very actively often. Even in dramas, I'll think, are there any techniques in that drama that I can apply to non-fiction yeah. television? Yeah. Um, and but like say with music because it's not my area I don't tend to listen to it very actively um but Kirk's really sort of clicked my ear in a bit better huh. to that which is Does great. He ever, um, I mean there was one there is an episode isn't there or there's some sort of thing that you can watch or listen to which is Lin-Manuel Miranda listening to the strong that's songs. called Song Exploder yeah. um it's not oh, right. it's not the strong song oh, it's right. a, okay. It's that's song explode is another podcast and it but it's the same thing where people explain the process by was well, sort of similar they they're explaining the process by which they've created a song or right, written a okay. song and how it's worked whereas Kirk's bringing a different thing to it oh, which is right, okay, he's I'm coming at it as an outsider. Does he ever? I mean, I would so be interested in a spin-off podcast or um, YouTube which is about the people who wrote those songs listening to it and reacting oh, yeah. to Kirk Hamilton's yeah. breakdown. Yeah, and seeing Because I'm always fascinated by, you know, what things are just magic and what things are planned, you it, know. Look, it just 
remind I think in a lot of this stuff, particularly like really high quality stuff, nothing's accident. And and when you sort of when he breaks down like, you know, okay, listen to this bit in the in the middle section, how it's just replicating that yeah. tiny bit of bass from the introduction or whatever, it just makes you realise, oh yeah, this isn't happening by accident. Like all of these songs there's really clear choices that have been made about yeah. which notes going where and which instruments playing it and how how this is going to work and how the vocals being used and yeah it's just it's just awesome I love it what do you reckon pod pod well I've listened to heaps of podcasts this year heaps and heaps and heaps yeah and um yeah, they've been great podcasts um in Australia um as you know, I totally love Debutante, the postcard, oh, yeah. the podcast by Nakia Louie and uh, Miranda Tapsell, just because it just told me all of these things that I didn't know. It was like this historical revelation and funny and also based around the friendship between um, Miranda and Nakia. I which... met um, Nakia Louie for the first time Did recently. You? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Did you? Were you like, I was just like, oh God, Animal Crabber is such a girl crush on you. I don't know if she knew what I was talking about. I was just like, oh God, sorry. <laughs> Sorry about my friend, like, stalking on you all the time. <laughs> she's just, like, so productive and imaginative and kind of generous. I just, she's, yeah, she's a real powerhouse. Anyway, good on it. Um, yep. And their friendship is, you know, I like their friendship because it creates so much um, and it's very generous and um, it's, the, the podcast itself is a great source of revelation and just, cheer and anyway great great podcast yep. um also um this year in australia loved um the 11th which is that oh um, yeah, yeah that was great breakdown yeah, my friend nikki tugwell produced that yep the awesome dismissal, the dismissal. Yep. yeah it's great well and also probably the one that i really awaited the new download of more than any other was um trace the informer oh which yeah. is rachel brown's podcast about um what's her name uh nikki nicola gobbo yeah um but I reckon the podcast that has blown my mind the most this year and, you know, I've got a whole heap of podcasts that I have queued all the time like Slate Political Gabfest, which, oh, by the way, the latest edition actually has Malcolm Turnbull on it. Oh. And they uh, mentioned in the sort of stand first that um, they've read that he um, listens to Slate Political Gabfest whilst paddling his kayak <laughs> on the harbour and I'm like, that is from my book but anyway oh, um, funny. very funny so I'm like I brought these two sources together That's of course funny. within about five minutes he's talking about the the harlot's prerogative from Kipling so so they know. interview him do they? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. oh yeah oh yeah great hilarity ensues anyway yeah. um but the thing that really blew my mind most podcast wise this year is actually um an international one and it was happened early in the year for me and that was rabbit hole Rabbit Hole, which one's that again? Rabbit Hole is the one where they go into YouTube and they work. Oh, by, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it is. So if you are a consumer of social media, um, if you are a YouTube watcher, if your children are, it tells you so much about how these platforms herd you into ideological extremism and, oh, it's, look, it's, it's sort of frightening, yes, but it, does that thing for a frightening thing that is useful, which is that it arms you with intelligence and explanations for the things that you see happening around you. And I think the reason that it's my podcast of the year is because it provided for me this massive and powerful bed of information um, uh, th with which to 
tackle my understanding of what was going on in the American election. Right. Um, yeah, another thing I've not listened to but that has sounded intriguing when you've talked about it. Yep. Um, my favourite internet stuff, I'm going to call it, of um, 2020, and that's what I reckon. Yeah. Which we talked about last podcast episode. And just, uh, which um, we should mention, he's got a book out right now called That's What I Reckon, Uncook Yourself, <laughs> A Rat Bag's Rules for Life. <laughs> it's like the most anti, it's like the opposite of Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. Sure um, I think he's such a force for positivity and just fun and like I just I really like everything about him. Um, and my other favourite internet thing is which I've mentioned briefly, I think, on the pod, um, Hamish Blake cooking birthday cakes oh, on Instagram. His live cooking that starts late at night while he gets extremely drunk and then he just executes these unbelievable cakes. Kids cakes. Oh, Amazing. It's, it is, they are hilarious and you just feel so good at the end of them. They're just awesome. Love him. <laughs> okay, my favourite internet thing is Sarah Cooper being Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just like I just, that woman, I just... <laughs> Somehow she just fits so well with the random, you're not going to believe this vibe of 2020 because like, okay, so here's a black American woman being Donald Trump who is as far from her as you could possibly imagine and yet she is just so unmistakable. It's just so true. And then the final episode that she, the episode which is available online anywhere, um, which is, her and Helen Mirren oh, reprising awesome. the scene on the Entertainment Tonight bus is just <laughs> the grab by the pussy scene. It's absolutely inspired. You're I'm quite just... right. She She's one of the true stars of this year. Oh. Um, it reminds me too, another thing I enjoyed was the, the youngsters on the TikToks um, <laughs> where they did um, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That was, there was some really great lip syncing on that. Um, and then that brings me to our final category for the year, cooking. Yeah. Um, okay, this year the book that I cooked out of the most, and it's just, again, such a 2020 thing, um, it was all the bloody comfort baking, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Cooking the Baker, which oh, is the book again. you gave me. Yeah, yeah, that was um, our book. Of, that was our cookbook of the year a couple, couple of years, years ago. ago. Yeah, I think I, the this year is, you gave it to me, I cooked history. out of it all the time. And then I moved off and then I was doing community and then I was constantly using Stephanie Alexander. This year I was back to the Cook and Baker Um the pear and almond tart I made quite a bit and the yeah. plum tart I made quite a bit. Had, the, had it out on the weekend, getting the Rocky Road recipe out of it, ready for my Christmas baking. Oh, you're um, going ahead with Christmas baking this year. Well done. Yeah. I sort of, I pondered it. I'm just going to, I'm keeping it pretty easy. I'm doing some, I'm doing a new nut recipe. I usually do Christabel's spicy Ooh. nuts out of your book, but I'm doing a different nut recipe. Okay, fair enough. I'm doing tr- caramel fudge and I'm doing Rocky Road. So What's a different nut hard. recipe? Not it's... that I'm bitter. <laughs> Oh, don't it's, tell me. You've just taken my recipe and my mum's recipe and you've just changed it up to make it better. Is that what's going on here? It is. I'll yeah, tell you right now, actually. God. Actually, I'll look it up while you tell me you're cooking. Okay. So I, it's a retreat certainty for me too this year. I'm yeah. interested to hear that you've gone back to the past. Yeah. Um, I've been loving Hetty McKinnon's new um, cookbook. Yes, um, To Age With Love. Yes, but... I'm actually giving my cookbook category to a single recipe this year because um, it is the thing that I made the most during the lockdown, apart from slightly lumpy sourdough. Um, Hang on, let me see. Would I be able to guess it? Um, I don't know if you actually ever got any. No. Um, It is uh, Samin Nosrat's Ligurian Focaccia. 
Oh, yeah, I never did get any of that yet. So this is a – it's quite – I mean, focaccia is back in a big way this year, I think, yeah. um, and carbs of any form are just super dominant. Um, but this is a recipe that my um, cooking, baking, spirit animal, Brett Worthington uh, from the ABC Canberra Bureau put oh, me yeah. on to. Yep. He just said, look, I've been making this every single day. Uh, here's the recipe. And I'm like, oh, yeah. How good can this recipe be? And he said, "Well, look, it's it's a focaccia. It's super, super crunchy and salty, and like all the things that you want a focaccia to be. It is the weirdest recipe because all you do is like um, heaps of flour, a little bit of yeast, water into a big bowl, and you just stir it. Just stir it until it's a paste, and then there's no kneading, no anything. You just leave it overnight. So you oh. leave it for fourteen hours. Oh." And it rises into this sort of spongy, spongy, spongy. I don't know how. You, you just don't need it at all. It's so weird. Um, you can search this up, by the way. It's on the internet. Um, Samin Nosrat's Ligurian Focaccia. There's even like a YouTube of her making it. So right. um, you can be left in no doubt as to the technique. Um, so this bubbly, bubbly sponge you then scrape into a heavily oiled you know, big sheet pan, mm. and then you leave it for another couple of hours while it rises oh, again, wow. and then you um, pour you know, more olive oil over the top. You dimple it with yeah. your fingers, and then you pour um, brine over it, like oh. salty water. So you're brining it, and then into a super hot oven. And I don't, it's just magical. Wow. It's so crunchy and so satisfying, super salty. I've just sprinkled salt all over it. Okay. Um, yeah. That sounds pretty tasty. So it's these really nuts great. are from, <laughs> I went to somebody's house for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And um, and you got nuts, interesting. Proceeded, no, no, they cooked um, this tasty um, just Middle Eastern kind of spread because they used to live in the Middle East. And um, I it was so yum. I said, what are you cooking out of? And so they were cooking out of this book called Philastin, I think, or Philistin, I don't know how to pronounce it, by Sammy Tamimi and Tara oh, Wigley. Right, okay, yep, yep. Forward by Yotta Motolenghi. And so I sat there, like the rude person I am, flicking through the recipe book while we sat at the table and just taking photographs of recipes. Oh, my God. Don't try. listen, Yotam, or Sammy Tamimi. <laughs> um, and so... I just wanted to see if I could make things work out or not. Anyway, so there's a recipe in there, sweet and spicy seeds and nuts. So it's cashews, um, sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds are the nuts. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then it's a mixture of brown sugar, sea salt, curry powder, turmeric chili. Curry powder. Curry powder. Well, Same as your secret ingredient. Turmeric. Anyway, so I thought I'd give them a go, see how they compare to Christabel's spicy nuts, which are fantastic. But I, I – you know when you overdose on something? When I made Christabel's spicy nuts two years ago, I reckon in the in the cooking and the jarring up of them, mm. I probably ate five hundred grams. <laughs> and now, and now you feel a bit, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Now it's like yeah, if you if you have a bad night on a particular form of alcohol, and then you're just always like, oh god, wow. Um, so Christabel's yeah. nuts are your she's you tipping me over the edge. They're my kryptonite. I mean, I love they are awesome. I highly recommend them to anyone, but just don't eat so many of them as I did when you're jarring them up. <laughs> Um, and that's the end of 2020. Oh, let's hope it's the end of 2020, man. Let's oh. hope that next year is better. It's quite disturbing, isn't it, how you think, well, we're just at the end of 2020, it's all going to be fine. Well, Which is what we are saying last year, right? No, it's just not. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, it's been a pleasure, Toots. Yeah. A bit of a strange year, but uh, hopefully we'll be back with some live shows next year, a few more chats. Yeah. Well, we will absolutely. One thing that we have tried to do during um, – 
COVID is at least be regular with our podcast and yeah, try to true. step it up a little bit. And I think yeah. big, um, big honourable mention this year has got to go to all of you Melbourne people who have just, oh my gosh, I don't know, we've all experienced a lot of bullshit this year, but you guys have really um, lived through some times. And yes, indeed. be good to think next year we can all start out as a country all experiencing the same things at the same and, time And, you know, again. we have a lot of overseas listeners, so our people in the UK wow. and our people in the US and our people in Italy, um, you know, man alive. So, anyway, best wishes to everyone Yeah, for big love to you. Christmas and, and thanks for keeping our company and listening in and, um, oh, my God, see I hope we give you a hug soon. See you all in 2021. Hey, what could go wrong? <laughs>